So I, I first want to thank, uh, as, as we get started, I want to thank Jared Garcia uh, for the bottle of Old Forester Rye uh, and this, I guess, call it sponsor for this show because um, my, uh, I make a drink and it's, uh, it's Manhattan, but it's somewhere between a double and more than that. And so right. uh, my grandfather, or excuse me, my father-in-law and I just call it a uh, Five Burrows. So I'm having a Five Burrows tonight and it's going to be great. Five boroughs. I get it. <laughs> Just yeah, that's that's a good name for that. Are you recording this shit already? I'm, I'm already recording. You know how we get started oh, no. when uh... <laughs> we're already live. We have to cut the very very first part out, I guess. Oh man, uh, Abe's drinking, Luke's smoking. I'm drinking yes. homemade homemade scotch. Man, it's out of control over here. You're drinking right, bathtub so... gin. You know it. I just walked. Yeah. Bathtub gin? No, this is homemade scotch, Abe. This is fancy, dude. You're a fancy boy. I mean, I'm not as fancy as you guys, but I'm fancy. So I just Sorry. walked inside, and my, uh, I'm going to steal my wife's dream buoy and go back out to the garage. Steal what? <laughs> that doesn't what? make you a bad person. Uh, the dram buoy is what she likes, and it's pretty good. I don't, what I don't is that know anyway? what that is. I've heard of that. Uh, it's the Owl of the Sky Liquor. Whiskey with uh, heather, or it says heather, honey, herbs, and spices. How about that? Herbs and spices. That sounds fancy. Little, I don't know anything about that. That's a little bit descriptive. I, I got a, I got an idea what that is. It's like an old school. It's supposed to be like some old formula or something from way, way long time ago. I'm not sure. You drink it straight, or you mix it with something. Uh, you drink it, and then you take a drink of mean bean. <laughs> <laughs> or coke or whatever you got. Okay, yeah, I get it. So uh, on the show, we have a uh, former guest and uh, consistently good vibes guy, Luke McGrew. Welcome yeah. back to Hello. the show. Luke is uh, from the West Virginia area of the USA. Uh, how is it in West Virginia right now? Um, I don't know. It's like, you mean temperature-wise or just climate? Uh, climate, political uh, climate, uh, mental vibes. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just. Uh, I'm always pretty good though. I don't. I don't get too upset about any of that stuff. Awesome. That's good to hear. I stay informed, but I. I uh, as I get older, I could care less. I think. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really nearing the care less uh, stage of my life. I haven't watched the news in like two years. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it a lot because it's on. My wife's been working from home for since March or whatever, and so it's in on her kitchen all the time and uh so i just kind of chuckle at most of it and, and then i watch youtube clips of the uh, fun part because they just ramble on about the same stuff all day but yeah there's been some fun parts lately <laughs> they're pretty exciting <laughs> yeah this season of america is uh it's gonna get some emmys <laughs> yeah it got started out pretty good <laughs> i don't know that there's any way they it's can like, keep it's this like up, the pilot man. episode like, uh, or the first season and they all it's like the shit. first episode of lost man like it's yeah, it's down the, the pl- dude the, the plane of america just like crashed and like uh, there's a smoke monster <laughs> and there's an orange monster and there's a freaking gray-haired monster a lot of gray-haired monsters <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy yeah west yeah. virginia uh you know it, it, le- it leads pretty 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 right um but yeah, hey, I, um, I, I I lean. I'm I'm like super purple, and I think everybody's an asshole. Yeah, I think most. Yeah, I think most of the country's probably in the middle, and then you got the extremists on both sides. But yeah, there's like a there's like <laughs> a few million a few million reds and blues, and everybody kind of thinks that they're crazy, but they're the loud ones. 
So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's it like was this it quiet was party, just like watching everybody fight. So. Yeah. Well, now that yeah. we uh, we lost all of our listeners because we everybody twelve seconds of like in the middle, everybody's and everybody else is an asshole. Political talk doesn't lose anybody. This is the most rare thing. No, ever. yeah, this will make this will make fifty percent of people hate you or love you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Instead, of- <laughs> uh, so are you taking apart the MX Five right now? Uh, yeah, it's in a constant state of taking apart. It's, what? Uh, uh, yeah, what's the mods this year? So get, uh, we've talked about your car a bunch. It's a two point five, two point four, two point three, whatever you got in there this week. Yeah, MX-5. yeah. <laughs> um, no mods this week. Well, I swapped the front bumper to like the NC three front bumper. Right. And I actually swapped the rocker panels and the rear bumper and tail lights because that's all like part of it. But um, right now it's sitting on a lift. I've got <laughs> I've got some of the uh, I, I, I went I did all the wheel bearings. I redid all the wheel bearings all the way around and just doing the brake. Actually, I did the RX-8 brake ABS controller. Um, so I had to wire all that up and um, I had to do the sensors for the RX-8 stuff as well. What's the difference um, with the RX-8 stuff? Is it just um, like a better ABS? Supposedly. I, I know that like the IMSA cars back in the day ran that, that stuff. And I think part of the reason is because they had to run a standalone computer. And so, but, but on the same token, I, I think the, the being a standalone system, from what I understand, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more less, um, what's the best word I'm looking for? Might be more predictable, huh? Uh, yeah, the ABS on this car is not that great, but but they don't like being an ABS anyway. You know, some cars you can get into it and it's okay. This car, I think this likes to be broke. You know, you like you brake a little lighter anyway, you know, like a lighter car anyway, and you just roll speed. But when you need to get in the brakes, it just seems like the ABS activates really quick. So I think the RX-8 may give you a little bit more, you know, based on wheel slip versus... Just oh, okay. some pre-programmed, you know, whenever it wants to kick in. I think that's the case. But so the IMSA well, cars were like Motec cars, and the and the RX-8 is more of a standalone, less inputs kind of system. Yeah, it's only the first three years of, or maybe four, or whatever. I think it's like the the early model RX-8s without the DSC. It's the Sumitumo ABS module, which I think is a lot of Hondas, maybe. Um, and then they they went to Bosch later in the cars that had um, DSC like the traction control system, you know, on the RX-8. So, so those units will not work. You have to find, like, the old Sumitumo units, um, right. which they come up. There's just, There wasn't many of them out there, but that's I've got three of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, I, bought, um, I, had, I had, like, they're hard to find with the plugs. Yeah. So if you don't have the plugs, like like the, somebody cut the plug ends off, you have to go in and, um, and pin them, which is a nightmare. So... Uh, I ended up finding one kind of locally, and then I ended up finding another one that had the plug pigtail on it, and then I had one that didn't have the pigtail, and I had to make a custom bracket for it and all that stuff. But that's I'm in the process of that, and and actually I just got finished pulling out. So NOLA, that last race I didn't race because I remember I was sitting on the scales. Oh, yeah, you you pulled onto the scales like under power, and then you shut the car off, and then it wouldn't start again. Correct. And uh, we, we towed it back over to the pit, pits. And at, at that point, that was like the, you know, most of the time we have a pretty big break in between races, but that one was kind of the closest, I, I believe, like from the end of the hour, race, we started it. Correct. Yeah. And we went over and Justin and Eric and them guys helped me, Derek, um, 
we 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 figured out there was a fuse that kept blowing and um there was like four items that run off that fuse and one of them's the pcm and and one of them is the uh, throttle body and there was something else i don't remember and, and then the other one was, was the evap sensor and it's all the way you know in the back above the diff um the evap pump i'm sorry and and but anyway so we we were narrowing down those you know all the items because we just didn't know what it was and what it ended up being we just ran out of time but what it ended up being was the evap pump uh must have been short you know shorted or something because when i got home and unplugged it and put a fuse back in the car it's, it's it was fine that's so bizarre yes so what i'm doing right now is actually pulling all of that stuff out like the the evap pump and the uh, charcoal canister and all that jazz emissions mm-hmm. yeah it's just kind of something else to go wrong but uh so like with all this rx8 uh, abs stuff like where do you find this knowledge is there a big like knowledge base or a forum or is there a dude you're talking to or uh there's a couple guys that really know um what they're talking about <laughs> and then you know I, so I know like a couple of the guys that work for the old um, IMSA teams and uh, one of them's like, I don't know. You, I don't know if you remember the NC hammer car is Jensen's yeah. car down at Coda. Yeah. He, he's real knowledgeable. And then um, of course, Josh Smith at Mazda is pretty knowledgeable about a lot of things. And uh, some of the, one of the guys that helps me the most here recently, he was a guy that worked for Mazda motorsports and I believe he retired now, but he, he was there. Uh, I think when, when, you know, between the, I don't know if he has the uh, liaison or whatever between the Mazda and, and the race teams possibly, but he, he probably helped me the most with the RX-8 swap because I've never, I know Jensen had done it and there's another guy that done it and, and Jensen helped me some of it, but like no, like nobody knew the exact wiring and the exact things that I needed and Mike was quite familiar. So I kind of talked to him a bit and got all that sorted. And I haven't That's tried cool. it yet, so it may not work. But um, <laughs> so, but I, but I, but I think I think it's fine. It's not I'm just envisioning. I'm envisioning like a 40 butt connectors and like a duct tape over top of them. But I'm guessing you didn't do it that way. No, the, I mean the cool thing is is uh, like the wheel speed sensors and all that like plug, or because I think you know the NC Miata and the RX8 is pretty similar cars. Yeah, like the um, hubs bolt on, the, suspend, the spindles are the same, basically, and all that stuff. C- correct. Um, so even the wiring, like from the sensor, so the front hubs have the sensor inside of the hub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the wiring, you have to swap out, but it, but it plugs right into the existing, you know, so so that's basically the, the cable between the hub and, like, I don't know, the harness. Um the, the wiring on the on the hub end is different, but the, the other end is the same. So there's just okay. two wires to every sensor. It's pretty simplistic. But everything just kind of plugs in and fits exactly where it's supposed to, and the brackets go where they're supposed to. The big the biggest thing I had to do was, was cutting the harness to the ABS, and then I just doish connector. There's three connectors, so I, I split the CAN bus. I split the power and grounds, and then I, all of the wheel speed connectors are on the same plug. So there's only three plugs. So it's kind of set up to where I can almost hot swap it back into the other one, is what I did, Very if nice. I ever need to do that. Look at, look at this. Uh, look at this guy. Look at this Yeah. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I was thinking about it before we started the show. And in 2020, I really doubt that there was any person or shop who swapped in more 2.5 motors into an NC Miata. <laughs> Dude, there's probably nobody that did like as many races and as many hours of wrenching 
in like the club racing world as he did last year. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. Just, it, I'm a little bit. I don't burnout's a bad word, but um, I'm fine. You know, my problem is I think I just keep moving forward. So if there's an issue, I worry about fixing it. I get it fixed, and I go race again. And yeah. That's kind of just the way I am, you know. I'm not very patient, <laughs> so so when something breaks, uh, I just want to get it fixed. You know, you can look back and say, "Oh, what a mess it was," but in reality, it's just like, well, you know, you can either whine about it or you just move forward, and I just keep moving forward. Well, so, so I, I can kind of get not uh, not wanting to say burnout, but I think you're like you're hoping something just goes right. Like, yeah, you've had seriously. enough bad luck. Something just needs to go right. For people that don't know, like what uh, what car and what engine and stuff are we're talking about? Um, what are what are we all talking about here? Okay, yeah. So, so my car is a 2007 NC Miata, um, the which has flare. a yeah. uh, the bubble flare one. Yeah, yeah, flare. that's a, yeah, it's the third generation basically of the car. Uh, it's like 06 to 15, I think. Um, which is you know like the cars are these cars are just probably in the last few years getting cheap enough yeah. to uh, people buy them and, you know, track them and whatever else. So, so I think the mentality that we, that people have, and it probably is okay for street cars is that the Ford, you know, Ford owned miles that during this time period. So, <laughs> you know, the, the two liter and, and which is a Duratec engine, which is kind of an old Ford. I think it derived from an old Pinto engine actually. And then yeah, it became the VTEC. It had its for like 20 years ago. Yeah, maybe longer. Um, it became it became the, the VTEC, which is like, remember the old Mazda trucks and, yeah, and Ford Z-Tech, Rangers? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then even like the, uh, I think the Ford Pro back then had that two, yeah, three and, liter. And Focus, I think. And... Correct. And so, and that, the derivation, or the, what came out of that was the Duratec. And that was kind of uh, in its lifespan. I don't know, maybe maybe early 2000s or late 90s until kind of here recently, um, which that engine then becomes the EcoBoost. Um, So it's kind of like a long... Yeah, like the same bolt pattern and the bell housing and engine mounts and everything too, right? Correct, yeah. Like the EcoBoost block is very, very similar. The biggest difference is the head is, you know, those, those cars are direct inject. So right. there, there's, I believe there's certain blocks, like there's certain two threes eco block boost blocks that like you could just slap in this car also. Yeah. I know um, that there, there is a dude on one of the forums that I'm on that put a eco boost four cylinder turbo into an NC and it, it just bolted right in. Like, yeah, and that, that's kind of what's mind blowing for, for me. You know, the two liter in this car is, is pretty good engine. It's a, you know, if you get like an 09 plus their, their forged, uh, crank, um, I believe it's maybe forged connecting rods or pistons, one of the two, but the, but those are the, those are the engines that mostly got raced and, and were just kind of known to be pretty good engines. Um, the problem is they're really hard to make GLTC power, you know, like, Making 180 horsepower is possible, but that's you're kind of making it up on the top end. And and these yeah. cars are quite a bit harder to get down to that 2,300 pound range. With, yeah, the with car's me just that, a bit too heavy, and the engine's just a little bit too gutless. See, like right in that middle ground. Yeah. yeah. So, so the 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 answer that everybody had was like the two five, basically out of the Fusion or Transit van, it's the same or, or Mazda six, whatever. And and that engine was not forged, and I think. It's just a little bit taller. It all bolts right in. Um, the block is like slightly taller, 
and that that is kind of the known thing that everybody went to because you can buy them for six hundred dollars from a junkyard and it seems like i'm the one that figured out that it just doesn't work very well <laughs> you know and, and i don't know what the reason is i mean I, i've had a bunch of random stuff like the first engine when it came to me the valve timing the guy set the valve timing wrong so it had to come right back out um the second engine you know i, I ran very little i mean we ran at harris hill as a test day me and eric meadows and then we went to coda and it blew up on the on the first race lap so i got to practice yeah. qualifying it blew up in the first race in the first lap like right right out the side of the engine rod out yeah number one rod went out the side of the block um that engine got warranted again um but in in the meantime i bought a junkyard engine and put forged components in it except for the crank so I had four rods and pistons, and that engine was pretty stout. You know, that's the one that had the head gasket problem at Gingerman. Oh, yeah. um, the head was warped, actually, is what ended up happening. And because it, it was a junkyard engine, I never, I never took the head off of it. Is that the um, one that blew up in fr- like right in front of all of us at Middle Isle? It, it did later, so I had to, yeah, I had to take the head back <laughs> off, have it sorted. And yeah, number four piston on it just shattered. It looked like glass in the bottom of the oil pan. Dude, it, uh, Abe, I've never seen so much smoke. The smoke screen in mid-Ohio was insane. Yeah, it was, Dude, it was when, crazy. You, when you drove into it, like under the Honda Bridge, you're like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, what the hell just <laughs> Do you remember who I took the uh, reason it was so Who had bad. pictures of that? Do you know? Yeah, I, I think the reason it seemed – I mean, it was pretty bad, but I think the Dude, reason it was – it was crazy. It looked like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't – oddly enough, I don't think there was much oil to track. I think what happened, it actually broke – it put a hole in the cylinder wall. Right. So was, I think there's a mixture of oil and coolant. Yeah, it probably was just water. a million things getting into that. Yeah, uh, it steamed out the exhaust. exhaust yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was so, it was the it was the thickest heavy, and it just like sat there for like 30 seconds. And yeah, it just I was probably hovered. five or eight seconds behind it, and it, it was just like, it was like driving through a wall. It was so thick. So. And, and that, still that was, there a lap later, too. Yeah, m- moving slightly back, you know, I had the Penske Mazda Spec MX-5 shocks. And, yeah. and that mid-Ohio race, I believe, that one or the next one was like the first time, I don't remember when I swapped them. So I've had like, so I had I had suspension issues a lot early on. Like and you were at Autobahn in between there, and you were pretty strong at Autobahn. Correct, but yeah, the car was still binding there. Um, I think, I believe, yeah, mid-Ohio was the best, like it was the first time I put the suspension on. And the car, I think I qualified third. The car had a lot of pace, and and then it blew up again in the in the in the practice race that we had. Right. <laughs> it's the first lap, maybe second lap. Um, kind of, I took that engine out. I actually threw a two later in and went and ran NASA the following weekend. Yeah, and I broke the ST five track record uh, with that in. You know, it's it's just a one eighty. Of course, they go off average horsepower, as you know. And um, but yeah. Broke track record. One, I think I won one race, finished second in another race. I mean, as a rookie, it was kind of fun to go out there and do that. And then took that engine back out. Uh, I, I, all in the meantime, I was having an engine built in California by a company called es, Eslinger. And what I had built was a 2.5 block with a 2.3 crank out of an EcoBoost because mm-hmm. it's a forged crank, which they call a 2.4 which you can rev higher. It can go to like 8,000 versus or like seven, 7,100, whatever. And that engine came in, put it in, went to road Atlanta, 
same thing. The engine was really noisy when I when I fired it up, and I called them and I videoed it, and I'm like, hey, something's wrong. And they're like, well, it's kind of noisy. You know, those cams are noisy. Run it anyway. And I'm like, okay, and went and dyno tuned it. It didn't. I mean, it made it right around 200. Uh, went to Road Atlanta, and it lost. I don't know. I only got like a lap at a time. I could only go out for like a half a lap, and I'd have to pit in. <laughs> and maybe the third time of doing that. Uh, it dropped a valve and what was it doing? Getting hot or no, no, it was just so, so when I got done, I came home, pulled the engine. They said, just ship it back to us. Don't even, you know, don't take it apart. So I did that. And I think they had forgot to put the lash caps in, in the valve, in, in, in the exhaust valve number three. Oh boy. So, so yeah. The, so their cams require lash caps because these have buckets over the, you know, the valves, um, well, they, they cut the bottom of the cam, so which which requires basically the, the bucket to be moved higher. And right. it just got left out. It's just a mistake on their part. And so they actually still have that engine. Um, I had another warranted engine that I, that I put their long rod kit in. And that's the one I ran at NOLA, which it ran fine. Um, and then I went to the road Atlanta for a test day. And the car ran fine until the last session. And it spun a bearing. Um, <laughs> never ends, man. Yeah, it never ends. And so in between that, you know, somewhere back in the in the middle of all that, I, I, you know, I put an oil pressure sensor. I realized the car was losing oil pressure under G-load, put an AccuSump in. I, I'm not sure. It wasn't reacting quick enough, I don't think. Um, but this is the first time that I've had like an engine failure that didn't throw a rod through the side of the block. You know, a lot of times when that happens, you're like, well, did a bearing fail or did the rod break? Like, you know, who knows? Um, this time I know it's a spun bearing, which is generally oil starvation. Right. And and Um, the rods go first because the mains get the, the oil before the rods. Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, right now, Eslinger, my engine was on the dyno yesterday, my two, four. So they had, I sent it back to them. They went back through it. You know, I've not been in a hurry. So I'm like, just, you know, whenever you get it to me, it's fine. Well, it got put on the dyno yesterday and they, they went to break it in. I think they shut it down and found that that head just didn't have very good compression. Like it, it didn't pass a leak down test. So they took the head back off. It's getting re you know, cut or machined or they have another one there if they have to, but it's supposed to get sent to me here the next week. But, but me and Eric and Gary Wimble, that's another Viper guy that's coming to race with us next year. Um, he built an NC actually, but, um, (laughs) there's there's a whole gang of you bad, you bad asses. (laughs) so, So we all went in like me, Eric and him went in, you know, and so James Houghton had reached out to me earlier in the year about oil problems. And kind of offered like, hey, you need to get a hold of Mitch at Unit Two. He can he can pretty much fix your issue. My my time attack car runs the pan, no dry sump, blah blah. And in between the season, I was like, yeah, that's great, but like you know, it's going to take time. I like I just you know I'm going to keep racing. So once this last failure happened, I'm like, you know what, we we have to do that because these oil pans suck and nobody makes one. And so we we shipped I shipped an engine block, a cradle front cover, motor mounts, everything to Mitch. And I think he uh, he should be done with the pans sometime in the middle of this month, I think. Yeah, that, M- maybe that towards dude the has end. built some serious K-series pans. 
Correct. They know, yeah. They know what they're doing. He knows what he's doing. And, and, and I think with that in this new engine, I'm hoping it takes care of that issue. You know, that's, I think hindsight, I think it's just been oil issues. And there's been some other things, but I think the predominant thing, like blowing engines or blowing rods out the side of the block have been oiling issues. Yeah. You're um, not making that crazy much power. Like you're making like, no, you know, the, those engines should be able to do that. You know? Yeah. I mean, they run these engines in sprint cars, like the mini sprints. Um, I mean, it, it's essentially an EcoBoost engine. Uh, and, you know, they, and there's, they, they, they should be able to hold the power quite easy. I think even the guys that put turbos on them, like they'll hold three, 400 horsepower without right. that big of an issue. And, and here I'm blowing six of them up, you know, at 200 yeah, horsepower. Like what? Yeah, two, 210. Something. <laughs> yeah, 212 was this last one. It, it made the most of any I've had. But it was a really high compression. It was like 13 and a half to one. Man, that's uh, an awful lot of work for 200 horsepower. Dude, it, it actually it sounds it sounds really sick though at idle. Like it sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like you know the engine's still in the car, and I'm just because I didn't want to like just crowd my garage full of engine parts like it's usually yeah. sitting here. I, I, as soon as I get the call that that either my pan's coming or my engine's coming, whichever one lasts, I'm going to start pulling this engine and just kind of be ready to put that new one back in. Um, I had a bit of a I had a bit of running joke with people that like. Uh, Luke would blow up and like Luke would have the engine out and have the new one in before I got home. Yeah, the that's the case sometimes. And like I've that got, happened, by, happened more than once. <laughs> yeah, by myself. I mean, I can probably do it in, oh shit. I mean, it depends if you hustle or not. I mean, I, I, I'm not really hustling. I'm just going to stay busy, but about eight hours. I can have it in and, out, in and running, like out, in and running. And right. it's probably about three hours, maybe four to get it out. And then, you know, maybe probably three hours to get out, maybe five to get it back in. Because, you know, you got to add oil and coolant and hook, you know. I think going back in is always slower. Yeah. yeah. But, and you double-check everything versus just spin it all loose. Yeah. Correct. And, and in between all of that, I've had three transmissions fail this year. Yeah, so what's up with those transmissions? That's uh, that's another thing. I don't know. Um, it's a... <laughs> I, I, the, the very the first one that went... G-Force, a G-Force GSR. Uh, I just, man, I hate, I don't want to be the one pioneering this stuff. You know, I wish somebody just made man, a NASCAR it. NASCAR dog box sounds dope. Yeah, I know. But so here's know, the like, thing. I'm not a fabricator. If you didn't <laughs> so, want to figure it out, you should have just bought an S2000. Yeah, man. May, or like a freaking front wheel drive Civic or, or, yeah. or, or, yeah. I know. I, you know, but the problem is, I mean, I've owned Miatas for quite a while. I've had an NC, I had an NA, I had an MB. And now I've got an NC, and I've I've had them for years. So I I, I like Miatas. I like the way they handle. I like the way they drive. Um, and, and you know, I've not had much experience in an S two thousand. Matter of fact, I mean, I've sat right seat in one at the track and stuff. But I kind of considered that up front. Eric Meadows has one's about to be up for sale. It's really nice. Uh, still, I I, I'm I'm only going to say this to you because it's you. Um, yeah. All of us are going to Barber next weekend. Is there a car that you could possibly drive at the track? You should come. No, I do not have a car right now. Son other than, bitch. yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is because Andy, I think, is bringing the uh, the trainer, which is always a good car to drive. I think he's bringing trainer number two, the new one. I've seen it. It's beautiful. Is that the green yeah. one? Uh, it's no, it's, no, it's like a baby blue, right? Uh, uh, okay. The trainer two is blue. It's Moss's car that's green. Okay. Now, is that the one I've seen photos of, like, the really pretty, uh, 
uh, what is that? The the rear member or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's the new one. That's that's okay. like his, that, that's the the second GLTC car that he built. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah you so know, got I, like I've got so much ones. money in this thing. Um, it's hard to kind of turn your back on it, you know. But and at some point, like you've got that car hooked up, it like it turns, it does, it does, it it stops and it turns and it goes. You just kind of yeah. make it last. Well, so yeah. let let's take a step back. Um, the two point five was kind of the 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 most intuitive swap that you would do in order yeah. to get more power. Uh, in the NC, is there are there other engine choices that make sense or just not at all? So there's a company in Florida called V8 Roadster, and one of the things that they kind of specialize in is Miata swaps. Originally, it was LS swaps into Miatas, but they they it's it, it, the probably makes too much power. I don't know if it's a complete unit or whatever, but they do make like it's like the LFX engine, which is I think it's LFX. But anyway, it's uh it's the V6. It's like it's the 3.6 liter that comes in out the, of the Cadillacs. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, and which Camaros, is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, the Camaros and everything. That that's kind of an interesting issue, but I, or swap. But I think those things will make like way too much power. Yeah, I, mean, I like think three hundred wheel. Correct. Yeah. So unless you got like a, you have to detune it massively. Right. Um, I, I know. I'm pretty sure that you know David. I, I think K Miata posted in their recent email that the NC, they're working on the BRZ right now, and the NC Miata is next. So yeah, they, that's they got, probably they coming BRZ down the pipe. Like two weeks ago. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and and so they're. I don't know if y'all seen their email they released, but they they are um, supposedly going to do my chassis next, which would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've uh, heard. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So I mean, and that, that probably takes some time. You know, it could be sometime next year. But so uh, but, this is trivia for you, Luke. Did you know okay. that Adam made the first mounts for the K uh, Miata brand? He and David did the original fabrication together. That's so dumb. I think uh, I may have known that actually. So Kamiata was Kamiata was envisioned uh, by Mr. Calzada in my pickup truck on the way home from Mid Ohio. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, we in 2011 or 10, we were coming back from ITR Expo nine or 10 or 11 or something like that, and uh, and he had driven Austin Cabot's NA and uh, NA Miata like a 1.6 or 1.8, I forget. Um, and then he also had he had a K24 Integra, and he was like, "Man, I want to put my engine in Austin's car. That'd be the best thing I've ever done. Like that'd be the best car ever." And then he he got a Miata. Uh, Austin got like a crappy shell. We brought it up to my house. We took it apart, and then I literally spent six months trying to make it like a thing. And then he made it. Up. So, yeah, that, that's yeah, pretty it was, awesome. Uh, it was pretty. It was, like he sold a lot of parts too. <laughs> like he built a company off of just like, hey, I should put that in that. So, which yeah, is, uh, I, that's hot rotting its best. I think it's a good solution. I, I've had I've had so many people, not knowingly, ask me that, hey, why don't you put a K into that thing? And I'm like, well, and I have to respond like, hey, this is this is nothing like the NA and the NB. You know, those those two cars are almost identical. Yeah, this, they're so no, different. Yeah, this one is nothing like. So nobody has anything for it and. If they did, I, I would. Um, I think the problem is it's just too new. I mean, you know, stuff will come. It'll get better. I, I think so. So after running NOLA, you know, I've this, I mean, I feel like I've done like five years development in, in, in a few different ways for the car, for myself. Um, right. and, and making changes on suspension, you know, like we had an idea where to start. I've made 
you know, the Penske stuff, the first three, four months of the race season, I was battling it on top of everything else. And then I went, I ended up going to MCSs, um, three ways on the car and, and they're great. And, and I've had, I've got five different sway bars here for it. I've got spring rates, you know, different. So we, I went through spring rates and every time I've been at the racetrack, even racing, I've made changes every, every race, every session. Jeez. And you get to a point where you can only make so many changes. Uh, and then you come home and you change a physical part, you know, and, and I've been doing that all year and road Atlanta was the very first time. So Nola, the car was pretty good, but it still had some high speed understeer. Um, so when I, when I got home, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to just take a slight swing. I went 50 pounds heavier in the rear, I actually dropped the front sway bar and I actually added a splitter. Um, and I went to road Atlanta and the car was, I mean, I did a 36 something there with traffic, I believe And the car's incredibly quick. It's, and so it's the most doubt in suspension wise that it's ever been. And I think I'm going to like soften the front bar or just a smith. I mean, you know, there's just like little, I'm just trying to get it down to this. I'm pretty particular on what I want, but it just takes time to get there. Um, so I think if I can get the engine and the trans and all that stuff down in, like it, it shows at times like a lot of potential and then it just yeah. falls on its face because the engine blows up, you know, <laughs> or so, the trans uh, blows up too. Yeah. Or the trans blows up. So, uh, I'm out, you know, and, and the cars, when I've been able to race, you know, I think I've did pretty well and, uh, it can yeah, do you, better. I, I don't, you've, you know, I've, you've, you've won races in GLTC, which is in like, I might I've actually got biased. four wins, I think, which is kind of yeah crazy. Two of them's yeah, I'm a, bit, I'm, I'm a bit biased, but I think <laughs> it's probably the hardest club racing series to win anything in. <laughs> yeah, right you're now. probably right. That has to be true. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think like uh, runoffs as a comparison is, is still very competitive, but like the number of pointy end cars that there are Dude, like there challenging. are so many fucking murderers in GLTC. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's it is absolutely stacked. It's it's a it's a freaking maximum security prison of murderers in at the front of GLTC. Like it, it is the front I, the front ten are like, good grief, those guys are so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the front like even the, you know I've said this to a bunch of people. Um, I think it takes, and I don't want to go. I don't care if I got win it. You know, I don't care if I win another race. I, I want to compete. You know, I want to battle. Right. I, I've had more fun. Like I think me and Emil. I just remember this. We were like battling for seventh at Autobahn, and it was probably just one of the best battles. Or it was fun, you know. And then there's been other times you've been out there and you you might finish a little better, fifth, sixth, eighth, whatever, and nobody's around you, and that's not nearly as fun. So I, you know, I, I want to be battling with somebody, right. um, and I don't just want to go out there and run away, you know, or anything like that. I I, I, I want the car to be competitive towards the pointy end or have the ability to be. Um, and and then the rest of it's on me, but 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 also want to be able to race in a pack of a couple of people. I, I don't want to be out there just, you know, I'm not trying to build a car that just walks away from everybody or, you know, you want to be in the pack. That's that's where it's fun. Uh, it sounds weird, but to, well, but, to, but like that's what we do this for. We don't do this. Yeah, to drive you're, I mean, you're paying you know, to compete. You're not necessarily Correct. paying for wins. Correct. What, what uh, uh, I think the first time you won was at Gingerman in the spring. It um, was, yeah. What uh, and, and you looked like you were literally running for your life the entire time. Yeah, that was the inverted um, field rate or the invert. Yeah, yeah, I got the inversion. What's, yeah. 
What's uh, what's that like? What's it like to run from the baddest MFers? Uh, I remember. Is that most, hard for you, or do you just you just put your head down and go? No, I I think when I drive, you know, uh, yes and no. I, I don't, you know, I, the thing that goes through my head when I'm out there is just don't make mistakes. Um, and I'm pretty aware, you know, I, you know, I've got tons of seat time. I'm sure a lot of people do too, but I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in traffic and, and like, I don't worry that much about who's behind me or, you know, it doesn't really shake me up very much, you know? So my biggest thing out when I was out there, I remember like every lap I was like, okay, I'm still in first. I just got to, and I knew where I was faster than people and I knew where my disadvantage was. And, you know, you just try to make the car a little bit wider (laughs) where your disadvantage is and you try to run from them everywhere else. And, I forget who was on your tail, but but uh, you were being pressured the entire time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I won't forget. It was Woody at, at the first part, and then the 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 end part was Rob, Manicherry, right, and right. and yeah. And so I remember him back there, but I was just I, the biggest thing I told myself is like, don't make an error, you know, because I see this a lot in GLTC. This is probably a good tip for any driver is doing like one stupid thing, um, whether it's a move or just going off track or whatever just cost you so many positions that you can't get back. It's some, you know, you got to really think about what's worth it and what isn't. And I, like, I think I've, I've kind of remembered this throughout the season. I, I mean, Eric talked about this stuff. I'm like, if you can just go out and run a race without mistakes, you will probably pick up two positions just because somebody else made mistakes. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think, so my theory is like, you know, I'm not trying to race for the win. I'm just, I'm just like wherever you're at. Like you, you want to pass the guy in front of you, and then after that challenge is over, you know, you try to pass the next guy. So I think you think of it in small pictures. But yeah, but during that first race, my, my, my the biggest thing was like don't make any mistakes. And then I'm looking at the flag stand. So the race seems like it just doubles in time. You're like, oh, yeah. where's the checker? Where's the checker? Where's the checker? You know, because <laughs> you, you know pretty quickly that you can anything, you know, everybody's trying to get around you. During uh, that race, I was sitting in the pit cart, and I was like, damn, Luke is doing it. Oh, every time you come around, be like, fuck yeah, Luke. And then I'd be like, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be looking up at the tower like, hey, Renee, how, how about now? How about now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that white flag out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think like even out there in GLTC, like the cars are, I mean, the, a lot of the cars are really, really close. I think a lot of them make speed in different, you know, scenarios. And uh, so what I've kind of even seen, like, it seems like, you know, qualifying is important, but like if you're a second slower than somebody and you're, oh, I'm sorry, if you're a second faster than somebody and you're behind them, it's pretty hard still to get around somebody. It, you know? yeah, it's, it's borderline impossible. It's borderline, like, yeah, you, it has to be, so, so I was kind of aware of that. My car wasn't, you know, the fastest. It, it wasn't that far off pace. But it also, it was like enough to where, you know, it was like, I don't think they can, because I knew where they were faster. It was back here in the in the S's mainly. And I was yeah. like, it's it's a hard place to pass. Uh, and then I think Anisha's car ended up catching fire, which threw a yellow in that area. And I was like, oh, when that came out, I was like, I think I'm scot-free. You're like, you know, you think, as long as I don't make a mistake, but. So yeah, I just kind of stay calm and collected, and you know that's that's the, uh, I guess the best thing to try to do. Yeah, I've I've literally been behind guys that I know I'm like three seconds faster than. Like, yeah. Because of like uh, qualifying or practice or just historical, and it's like, it's incredibly I hard. I cannot get around this en- enormously wide Camaro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean I, yeah. I, I've seen that like the races I've got to race this year, you know. 
because a few times I got moved to the back for a trans failure or whatever. And you can come through some of the field pretty, pretty, uh, I hate to say easily, but you know, you can get through them. Um, but then you get to a point you're like, Oh, I, okay. This is like every car is a battle and it doesn't matter if you're two seconds right. a lap faster, it's still a battle. And you got to pick that battle wherever you're going to take them. And you might just have to be patient and sit and wait for a half a lap or lap and see where they're maybe slower and, tr- and just try to take advantage of that one spot and not everywhere on the track. I think that's where, you know, it's easy to make mistakes, but right. so and I just try to stay try patient to, and, oddly and not, enough. And not hit them and not crash. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I'm a super <laughs> impatient person, but on the track, I'm sometimes pretty patient. <laughs> but yeah, super impatient. You get home and you take the engine out before the car's off the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that, yeah. I just want to go race again. I just, I like, I like. So that's you know, that's uh, that's why I do what I do is just to go race the next time. You know, it sounds crazy. I, I sort of love, I love the, uh, yeah. It it uh, it would come to. I mean, it would it would contribute to burnout real fast to have the uh, to have like the the hobby that you have had the last eleven months or whatever. Yeah. But uh, or twelve months, um, but. Uh, I, I love the, the effort and like, it's, it's literally amazing. That's the reason that you got the trophy this year, man. You got, <laughs> yeah. You, I appreciate that. Everybody. You, you got that thing for a reason because, uh, like nobody tried harder, man. It was, yeah. it was, it was borderline humbling. So I'll, uh, I mean, I, and I would do it again. Like I said, I, what's, what's odd. You know, there's been times that I've, I mean, cause I've owned a lot of cars, not ca- like in, in, like I've, I've had a Viper and a Miata kind of consecutively for a long time, but I've, but I've also had something else in between as like, cause you know, we would go do track days and I just, you know, take random things. And, uh, when I'm, when I, you know, when things start breaking on cars, sometimes you can quickly get all oh, like, well, this ain't going to work or, you know, you get tired of it because it right. breaks. This car's a little bit different. I think in the fact that it shows it's, I don't know. It's like, I want to figure it out cause it's so, so much potential. Um, right. You see, you see the potential, and you see like the greater, like the greater. The big picture is better than the big picture of many other things. Correct, and and that's why I keep on. It sounds nuts, but that's why I keep pressing forward with it because it's a great chassis. I mean, it's a great car. I don't know if you've driven one, but they're pretty insanely good. When I don't want to drive one, because yeah, they, can, they seem can. like they would make me hate Hondas. I love. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have a good comparison there. I mean, th- so the funny. Th- I mean, they're short wheelbase, right? So they feel like really nimble. Um, they uh, they just kind of. I don't know. Like, so it's, I made this comment to Eric, like when we left Road Atlanta. I was like, the setup on my car because I've got the Arrow and stuff now. It's the closest I've ever had, like a car, and it sounds really weird. Uh, it kind of feels like the ACR in balance as you know, cause I've been working a lot towards that too, but it, like it had that, like it would just do whatever you ask it to do. Right. Um, which is hard to get a car to, um, it's easy to drive around problems, but I've just kept pressing forward with like minor changes in suspension and, and like, it just felt so connected. I'm like, man, if I can take this and put an engine that's reliable on a transmission and like, it'll be, it'll be a great car. And that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> How many years did you have that ACR? Uh, that one, I think I had, I bought it in 16, at the end of 16. And I've uh, I've read about it on the show uh, a number of times. So um, 
it, just, just for all the listeners, if you're new to the show, I think that car is excellent. It, uh, it went to a different home this year. But would you be so kind as to tell us the story about the buyer? Oh, yeah. Um, I won't mention his name entirely, but uh, he so so. The, so start, start by saying what the sale? Viper is and like how it was modified, what you did with it. And then uh, you kind of wanted to move to GLTC, right? Yeah. Okay, so so the ACR was my third Viper. Actually, I had the first Gen, or I had, I had a Gen Four, and then and then I had a Gen Five uh, TA, and then when the ACR came out, I bought the ACR. Uh, and yeah, I that didn't know car, there were so many Vipers. I didn't know there were not. I didn't. I literally thought there was two generations. Yeah, no. The, uh, so the one I had was the last. It was the fifth Gen. Yeah. <laughs> um. The third and fourth gen looks almost the same. Like those ran from 2013 to 2012, I believe, or 2010 maybe. But um, they look from the front end and everything, they look pretty much identical. The engine, there's some changes. But anyway, so so the ACR I bought in 2016 and um, when they what, came out. What year was that? It was a 2016. I bought it new. Okay. I had it built. Okay. Um, and, and one thing I did back then, so there, I, I kind of paid a little bit more for it than if I would. So mine was, uh, so you had an option. They all came with carbon brakes. And I didn't want carbon brakes because I had them on a Z28 that I had. And I didn't, one, I didn't like the way they felt very much. And then two, you know, it kind of really limits your wheel selection because, you know, you can't run 18s and you can't run slicks. So you're kind of stuck with 19-inch wheels because the brakes are so big. So I kind of did like a custom build so I could run steel brakes on the car. Uh, and they were actually a little smaller than the, than the carbons. And then, and then I actually bought a brake kit and put on it. Like that was my whole intention from day one. So I could run, I had multiple sets of wheels and tires and all that. Um, but, but so yeah, I tracked that car like every other one I own. Um, I think, well, and Abe, I don't know how this came about initially, but I, you know, uh, so I'm, I've, I've known Paul Curley for me and Paul Curley met at NCM, uh, when it opened the very first weekend, I think anybody drove it. I met him there and, and then I knew Danny cause I went autocross with him some, um, yeah, Danny pop. And so, so I don't know how it came about, but I think Paul said, Hey, why don't you come run grid life with us at mid Ohio? And I, I went and ran that, I think it was, I don't know if it was 2017. That would have been 2017, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went and ran one event, and that was it. Like, um, I didn't run anymore uh, that year. Uh, and Abe, at some point, reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you come run with us next year? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll do that. Because, you know, I've ran, I've went through the whole PCA, you know, I've been an instructor for them forever. Like, I had to go through their old school training, schooling, all that stuff. And, you know, I ran with NASA and I instructed with NASA and BMW and all these different clubs. And, and I just, there was a bunch of buddies and we just go to the track and have fun. And the Viper got to a point, even on track days, the reason I had like other cars is it, it's just, you know, you take a Viper to mid Ohio and run 28s in a track day. I mean, you're just, all, all you do is you either run over top of people or it gets boring, you know, like the next guy's five seconds left slower than you. Um, so then you'd start 
like that's why I had other cars to take just to run in the mix, kind of like the racing we're talking about. Um, like, I don't want to. I want to take a slower car, get faster. This is not a problem that anybody else has. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, right? I mean, like it does get boring. Like imagine if you were just going out in any, even if it was GLTC, but any series, and you're just running away from everybody. Yeah, like you're you're, like, you're in like an Indy car in GLTC, just fish in a barrel. Yeah, it kind of sucks after a while. Like, well, what next? I win again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no fun in that to me. Yeah, where, where's my hawk bucks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't even do it for that. I mean, I was just like, it just got boring. So I'd try to take. I had I had two different M3s. I had Camaros. I had um, you know Subaru. I had a challenger I tracked. <laughs> um, Jeez, Luke's just hate chasing this dragon, man. He's looking for the competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's always fun to take, like, I think slower cars. and, and Needle in the vein, man. His vein's got to be all blown out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting off topic on the Viber. But, um, <laughs> so I, so, I asked so, you, I'm like the, speaking of the drug analogies, I'm <laughs> the drug dealer. I'm like, hey, you want some of this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I looked at that, and so, so the first, yeah, so I came back. Abe the just car like was pretty it. much stock. Abe um, just shows his cleavage a little bit, and he's like, "Hey, baby, you want to come to Middle Ohio?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a nice challenge, I think, and you know, it was I was kind of burned out on the car a little bit, like just because you know there was not much competition. <laughs> so, so when I, um, you know, I ran that one event, kind of went on about what I did all all the other time just ran random hpds or time trials or whatever and then the like yeah a messaged me i think and and i and i and i i said yeah i'll run with you and, and i was the first event i think that the next year was mid ohio again i believe yeah that's right and it was raining and calling for rain and i was like you know what i mean the viper is not that great in the in the wet so oh yeah so I, was, brought I, just, subaru. I brought my subaru yeah and and then I and then I brought it again and I think it blew up you know I don't know I had an issue with that and then I ran the Viper like maybe two events or three and then I ran the Subaru a couple and then the following year I was like you know I know Jeremy and, and um, you know Eric and them them guys were really fast and uh, I was like you know I, my my car was heavy I mean it's thirty six hundred pounds uh, you know it, those things made like. 570 you know from the factory or something like that 580 they didn't make that much power mine didn't um so i sent it off and had basically the heads and cam done on the car and uh who did that work it, uh prefix in prefix. In, in michigan and uh, yeah, so, i remember you telling me about the warranty on the work that uh, prefix did what was that yeah there's a year warranty on the engine um so yeah, they 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 basically uh, stock pistons and everything. That it, well, actually they put new pistons in the car for me because it's kind of a, they have a weird. They're they're like a tier one automotive supplier, and the the way I think they build like um, they build like they'll do like the, even the, the the prototype like quarters of cars and like the headlights and like they'll build like a whole entire corner of a car for companies. That's kind of like their main business, and. Um, on top of that, they painted all the Vipers. Like a lot of people don't know that. So all the panels, like they didn't do it at Dodge. Like they, the panels got painted at prefix and then sent back over to Dodge to be assembled. Um, so they did a lot of like tier one type stuff. And, um, but anyway, they had, they had engine building. Like, so I mean, they race, they built a lot of the engines, I think, uh, in Trans Am, they built a lot of the Dodge and Ford engines and Chevy engines and LS engine, all that stuff. So they have a really good engine building department, and um, 
the main guy from Dodge that kind of developed, his name's Dick Winkles. <laughs> you can look him up. But he developed, like, the Viper <laughs> engine and stuff pretty that much. Is dope. Yeah, yeah. He worked for Chrysler, like, I think when they uh, – I don't know the exact story, but, like, you, you know, most of it's out there somewhere. When they when Chrysler owned Lamborghini, that's how the, the, the V10 came into existence because they had the truck engine. Um, you know, Dodge was like uh, – we want to make a V10, I think, for the Viper. So what they couldn't do very well at the time, I think, is cast a big V10 engine. And when they owned Lamborghini, I think yeah. they went over there and figured out how they're casting these V12s or whatever they have. And then, so that's kind of how that came about. And, but anyway, he, he had retired from Dodge and went to work for Prefix also. So, you know, there was a lot of kind of cross-play there. I think Prefix sponsored, you know, the, the Nürburgring car and, you know, they, they sponsor the Dodge Challenger that Mark Miller drove in uh, Trans Am. So, but anyway, yeah, they, they did the work and the car ended up making like 675 when it was done. And I, which you, you ended up taking uh, it through uh, an entire grid lifetime attack season. And I, yep. I would bet money that there was not one car at a grid life uh, over the course of the season that drove Ever. more laps without any problems no yeah you're you're right i mean there was a couple issues i had with that car no engine issues i had a transmission failure not a grid life event i had um an axle break that was at a that was speed a speed ring. ring yeah i remember that i've actually broke two different axles in that car i broke two diffs uh, the diff went bad at road atlanta when i was there uh in grid life right in, in the last year and actually i think i i mean I, I did set the record i think the first lap in the first session of the first day we were there and then i was doing joy rides for the bilstein people at lunch or whatever yeah. there and the diff broke on the back straight so um but i got all that fixed it's kind of the same thing like if it broke i would come home get parts fix it you know uh, same thing as i do now um so uh, you know but they just weren't as it didn't happen as often with that car um so yeah that that was kind of it, it kind of got I mean, I won the championship uh, that year, which is last year, year before last, whatever. Um, and and it, I'm kind of the type of person like, you know, what's the best thing I can do? Can I do it again? And I knew the, I knew that track mod class was really like, you know, my car is, was like a legit, you know, power to weight car. It was, it was like a legit NASA TT1 car. It wasn't even an unlimited car, um, which is kind of crazy. But I knew the door was open. We talked about this, like, if somebody wanted to build a basically a, 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 a track mod car, you know, they just blow everybody's doors off, which is kind of yeah, what Ferris, Ferris and them did. guys have yeah. done. Yeah, and, Ferris and, and, and I didn't Jeremy want to take track mod cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they were kind of, yeah, it's kind of soft a little bit, maybe you know, um, for what you could build, and and I was well aware of that, and and uh, I didn't want to take that car, and like you know, you could put a cheap or smaller turbo and make a thousand horsepower and go out there and probably do the same thing. You know, you just dominate. I just didn't want to do it. I, I didn't want to cut that car up. You know, I was kind of, I was like, what's the best thing I do go out and win again. I mean, what's the point? Um, this is kind of the way I think I, I'm not really, you, you kind of do something, you set your mind to do it and you do it. And after that, you're like, I don't know what's next. And the GLTC thing looked really fun. And I'm just kind of out to have fun. I mean, I want to be competitive. I, I want to try to win all that stuff. And if I don't, whatever. But but I want to have fun. Um, and I want to compete. And that looked like the next best thing that I could do um, that made sense. And and I, I've bought, like, so the first two Miatas I bought, I bought with the intention to race and spec Miata. 
and I built them that way. They had spec suspension, and I always stopped short of a cage because we always autocross still. And I was like, I don't want to cage until I'm going to race it. I don't want to cage it so I can still drive it on the street. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, at the time, all the buddies I ran with wasn't really interested in actual wheel-to-wheel racing. So it, it kind of, like, I would build the car, I'd track the cars. I just never, I, I didn't want to go by myself and race somewhere because I, you know, I want to be around somebody I know at least. Um, and then when the GLTC thing came up, you know, I already knew half the people there or more. And it just seemed like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And that's, here we are a year later. Of, yeah. Uh, like literally like the, the biggest thing that I wanted out of GLTC like three years ago was I wanted it to be a place that the mid pack was like, this is still the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so, Like not to say that you're mid pack, but like I'm mid pack and uh, I don't want to race anywhere else. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, no, it, it, it's the most fun. I think, I, I think there's so many cars in the class that, that, that is what kind of makes it f- fun actually. And, um, and the competition's really stout. I mean, there's guys from other series over the years, and there's a lot of really fast dudes, you know? Yeah, murderers. Um, yeah, and, utter killers. Yeah, so, and, and I, you know, I've seen that, like, you know, you see it with all these series. You know, NARA, which is kind of don't even exist anymore. I used to time trial the, my, my first Viper with them. Um, but, but competition will find competition. Like, nobody yeah. wants to be, like, just – I mean, people want to dominate. Don't get me wrong. But – I think most people want to do it with, with a sense of like, I beat somebody else that's fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't want to use one together and run over top of a lot of the slower people. And so, so I think that's what happens in, in every series and in little instances is, you know, competition. The prime examples, the, the time attack stuff, even still with grid life, it's like guys are coming from all over. That's legit fast anywhere they go. And yeah. um, I think GLTC's kind of, Definitely, I mean, the first year and then the second year has been more and is probably going to be more next year. Um, so, which makes it harder at the end of the day. But, but yeah, that's uh, kind of moving back. I know, Abe, you were asking about my buyer of my car. So, so the reason I sold the Viper is it's a horrible street car, you know, unless you just want to leave, like people to take pictures of you at gas stations and stuff and ask you what your dad does for a living. Um, that, that's what that's what I get ninety percent of the time. Well, you're and, not uh, you're not like an old guy, right? You've just had I, a, I know, you know, a really I, successful. I guess maybe career. I look younger sometimes, but I, you get asked that. Um, but what does you your know, dad do for a living? Uh, he's passed away. I, you know, we didn't have the greatest relationship anyway. So oh, that's too bad. <laughs> but but um, um, my uh, I, I got. It got to the point, like, you know, the car is a horrible street car. I don't really want to time attack anymore. I don't really want to take the HPDs anymore. So it was sitting here, and, like, I would push it out of the garage because I didn't want to fire it up to make my neighbors mad at night. So I'd push it out and push it in push because I have a two-post, four-post lift. It was so loud. Dude, it yeah. sounded so cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a different sound for sure. Oh, it, it sounded so sick. I'll never forget that thing, like standing next to that thing in the pits. Or, or just like uh, ripping down the front straight at Road Atlanta. Oh, fuck, I mean, man. Noise. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all, y'all give me a little bit of, um, makes me a little bit sad, but not too much. <laughs> that, that that was like like the noises that thing made was. Yeah, they're such beautiful cars. Like, yeah, the lines that, like it's, it, it's a car that you don't see at the track that often. Like there's probably no. not, I mean, 
compared to like everything else, like there's probably only three or four vipers that get tracked every weekend. Like it's not yeah. a thing that everybody sees, but man, when you hear one of those things, especially with no mufflers and and a cam and heads and stuff, damn. Yeah, like they're that pretty. Shit is cool. They're distinct. It's. It, I mean, a lot of people laugh because like at idle, they sound like a. I don't know. They sound like a UPS truck or something. No, it's weird though because inside the car, it sounds completely different. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit V8 like, but it's like. It's V8, but like it's uh, it's smoother a little bit. In, yeah, it's got that in, one mismatch. Yeah, yeah, like it, it misses a little bit. Like it's not like the it's not the normal V8 pulse. It's also but, not the normal uh, V10 pulse. Um, yeah, it's it's slightly out of. Yeah, it, it is. It is a very distinct tone, and it's a little bit of a lump. Uh, but man, yeah. I think it was cool sounded. It sounded yeah. so cool. It's one of them cars, you know. Like like I mean, Abe's been in it. So so I've been in like. You know, a GTR on track is quite fast, or even the vets and stuff. But some cars, you don't realize your sense of speed, yeah. you know, because it's kind of dampened or covered up or whatever. Like the Viper's one car is kind of weird because it's really capable. But like when you're doing 150, or like you know, you're going 150. You know, like some cars you get in, you're like, oh wow, I can't believe we're going 160 down the freaking back well, straight. I've been I, in yeah. GTRs or stuff that do that. And and then you get in the vibe, you're like, oh Christ, we're going 160. You know, it's like it's really, it's you really know it. Well, I remember, uh, I remember you and I going over the jump at Shenandoah in like the oh, top yeah. of third gear at 130 miles an hour. That was uh, intense. That was real. That was pretty real. I bet. <laughs> yeah, the car's an animal. I mean, it's just so. Uh, the, 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 one one of the coolest things that I've seen on track. Was first year, maybe second year speed ring? I forget. Whatever. Were you at first year and the second yeah, I was year? A, yeah, uh, first year mainly in the the the, the um diff, the, a broken axle. The second. Yeah, year. the yeah. first year you took it to prefix right after the first year, I think. Right. Correct. I dropped it off. Uh, yeah. So the first year I was in the in the start finish flag stand because the guy that we had hired was too nervous because literally it was a dangerous location. It was not a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> it was right in that like big sweeper. Like, and it yeah. went, went off to the left. Like you drive into the guy that was holding the flags. Um, <laughs> and when, when your car went around and you were like about a five degree of slip angle around yeah. that thing. And uh, like, it sounded like I'm, I'm hearing one side of the exhaust basically like, and it sounded so freaking good <laughs> it was such a freaking animal <laughs> yeah because you're only uh, hearing like five cylinders at a time right it's yeah compared weird. to all these like four-cylinder turbo dork motion dork machines man <laughs> this thing was like it was the it was the, it, like every time it went every time you drove by it was like oh my gosh that is so different and cool it, it, I'm, gl I'm glad i got to see that yeah it's one that you know i kind of like looked like that car was and, and they, that one wasn't significantly different like suspension wise they didn't change those things that much from like Gen three all the way to Gen five. I mean, the yeah, frame basically up, driving like an off the shelf car with with like new tires every weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I had the engine modded, but yeah, it's still suspension, everything was stock. Um, but like like the first one I had was what they call the Gen four. Those were the, those would try to kill you, you know. Um, and that. Like, I started tracking CTSVs originally. Like, I had the first gen CTSV. That was the first car I ever took on track. And um, <laughs> and then I had the second gen and I tracked it. And then I got a Viper and it was like learning all over again. Um, but, but that car, like, really, really made me because they didn't have traction control. You had ABS and that was it. 
and you had 600 right. horsepower. And back then we had like what the PS, what are they PS2 tires or some shit? Um, so they were just like, <laughs> I don't know. it's yeah, they were they were crappy Michelins like compared to what's out today, and and like that car really like you you couldn't just like the the newer stuff. Uh, it hides like the traction manis on it crap hides so much you know stuff that you probably should be learning. Everything um, is so good now. Everything is so good, but it kind of covers up shitty driving sometimes. And and that car, you just had to take baby steps. You know, like like my whole learning process in that car was baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Because you couldn't just like, oh, I'm going to try this here because it would literally snap and whatever. Yeah, um, you'd be you'd be a mile off the racetrack then. Yeah, yeah. So so I put a lot of seat time in that first gen. And did just you, did you ever have any real bad incidents or something like n- that? No, I never did. Um, I just again, I always kind of even like today. I mean, I. I'm a big position track type driver. I don't wing much stuff. You know, I try to put the car where I want it. Um, you know, with so I think that car probably taught me great car control. You know, the first one. Um, yeah, and working working up to the potential of the car and yeah yeah and and and, and try and knowing that you can't. You know, it's like funny like 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 the Miata, like like I don't know. He's like you know Mid Ohio quite well. So coming up under over Thunder Valley, you know, you take a slower car. You can put it on the outside curb almost to the grass, right? Every time, like 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 coming into Thunder Valley, like up over the hill, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You come there in a Viper, you better give yourself a, a foot or two. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there's not, like the car just kind of ends up, in a sense, when you're going that much faster, they kind of end up where they end up, and you can't place them quite as well. Oh yeah. So there's like, and there's, if you there's get back on it, and the back end is unloaded, all of a sudden the back end is four feet in front of you. Correct. So yeah, you're like thinking way ahead. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, you get in the Miata and I just like, I'll put, you know, you can put it just so much for me, I can position, you know, you come back from something like that and drive something smaller and lighter, right? Easy. I mean, they're significantly easier because everything's slower. Now I think there is a difference. It's like, it's maybe harder to, to extract everything out of a slower car. Um, cause you do have to like nail everything where I think in a higher horsepower car, they may be harder to drive just because, you know, they're testing your, you know, your fear of Jesus a little bit of like, you know, like hitting the brakes and how fast you're going, all that stuff. But um, you can make up, you know, you can never make up time, but you can make up, you know, y- if your X is not that great, you got all this power that you're not, you can't give it all to it anyway. Yeah, so I, I, I remember like going from, uh, I went from a 400 horsepower Civic down to an 80 horsepower Civic. Yeah. And I felt like times time was like standing still. Yep. And I thought, well, I, can, I have time to think now. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm guessing you like like you know the only thing I think about like the slower cars don't make an error because like yeah. the errors cost you so much time. Yeah, you can feel the bog like the. Yes, you're like the, oh. Yeah, you you, just, you need that extra hundred RPM coming out of the corner. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't get it, like you're like, oh man, I got a whole nother lap <laughs> to yeah. like make, to do it again and like not screw it up. It's like I such can't a imagine line. like the people that actually get it out of the car, like Katil and Lichty and all you bad MFers. Like I can't <laughs> imagine how they feel. But like you know, even my mediocre butt feels uh, like, well, oh, man, I really screwed that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every once in a while that happens. Uh, I just yeah. I, I think you know it, it's like I guess a whole entire lap is just a is just trying not to screw up <laughs> when you think yeah. about it deep down, you know, because I think, well, the, or not. 
There, there are probably only about 10 or 15 people that have won GLTC races like ever. Um, yeah. And, and you are one of those people. So you get to be in a little bit of an exclusive crowd. So, so, so before we, we go too far away, uh, you okay. decided to sell it. And I was very sad. Um, and it was on the oh, market yeah. for a while. So what happened yeah. next? All right. So, so when, so I, this is one of them aggravating moments. So not the first year at speed ring, but the second year, um, I was on, okay. So, so I was on my way home cause I mean, obviously oddly enough, we were in Detroit and I could not find an axle and it was an easy swap. It would have took 10 minutes and you know, Tom O'Dell was there from Dodge. Like they were just sold out. They were out of in the country and I was, so I left, great. I was like, well, I'm going home. You know, well, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 as y'all probably noticed, I don't, I mean, I like to hang out, but I also want to race and I've done it so much. I was like, well, if the car breaks, I'll just, I'll try to take my time, but I'll pack up and, and kind of mosey on home. I can't believe and, you couldn't find an excellent Detroit. Uh, I know. So, so on the way home. And you, you had know, was, the Dodge guy there. <laughs> yeah, I know. But on the way home, I was on my way. I was almost in Toledo. <laughs> and I'd called Eric uh, and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, well, we're going to pit race or we're at pit race. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Like, so Chin, and I've ran, you know, Chin motorsports, or whatever I've ran with them and they, they were there at pit race kind of having like this. Uh, it was kind of a mix with a Viper event. And I don't know if like to make a long story or long story long, <laughs> the, the, so Jim and Kathy Stout are Viper people and they own pit race. And they own, you know, half of VIR. And uh, so Gary, my buddy that's going to come to race with us, he had an, he has an ACR too. It was a super fat. He was as fast as I was in it. And uh, he was like, hey, I think Jeff, like Jim's son's Jeff Stout. He, he owns a company called Complete Performance. And they do a lot of Viper uh, race car work. And he's like, Jeff probably has one. So I got a hold of Jeff and he's like, I sure enough do. And so literally I got to Toledo and just basically went east straight to pit race. And I, I ran, you know, the weekend out there, but, it, but what kind of got me, so Eric had bought my old MB Miata and he's like, why don't you take my MB out? So I took it out and I'm like, Oh man. And then, uh, Jack, one of the instructors from Chen had an NA that's supercharged and he's like, take my car out and see what you think. And I took it out and I had, it's kind of hit me again. I was like, man, I, I have, I just took two Miatas out and I just simply turn laps. I have maybe just as much fun in those cars as I do my Viper sitting here. And I told Eric, I was like, I'm going to buy another Miata. And that's kind of what started that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was that, yeah. that last weekend. I just got tired of like, I had a couple things break and I was just kind of done with the car. And, you know, when you're and, done. And you had ran a long season too. That was like a. Correct. That was a pretty brutal season. Yeah, and, and I didn't know what I was going to do the following year. I was, was kind of—I di I didn't want to try to compete with Jeremy and and, and Ferris because I, I just knew what I'd have to do, and I didn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to buy a Miata." And sure enough, I—I I think I went and bought a K engine first. I don't know if y'all—I think y'all knew I that. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I was going to build another NB, and. Uh, I couldn't find like a clean chassis, like somewhat close. And I didn't want to like drive to Florida to find out that it has rust in it, you know, cause those, those cars are, I think the NBs and A's are like, it, you know, at this point, it's really hard to find a clean one. Um, 
that's not rusted or not, you know, beat to hell or modified, you know, um, or, you know, or the, or the other options like an automatic or something to start with. But right. so I, I looked quite heavily for a while and I started to go buy one in Pittsburgh. And I think I told Eric I was even going to get it. And then that this was on a Saturday. <laughs> it's like a Friday night. Saturday, I found this NC in North Carolina. I went and bought it instead. <laughs> so that's kind of how that went down. And I sold the, the K engine to uh, a guy in Philadelphia that came in in a, uh, I believe it was a Chevy Spark or something. And we shoehorned it into his passenger seat. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I got pictures that's of it. Awesome. But um, <laughs> he was taking it to put it in a, in a, in a in B Miata, I believe. But. But yeah, it's kind of a long jumping around story I was gave. I don't know. <laughs> do, do you uh, do you regret the the NC choice or do you like it? Mm, I don't. Um, I don't ever regret many choices. I think when I get to the point, like I don't regret getting rid of the Viper um, or any of them I've gotten rid of. And I yeah. think when you're done with something, you're kind of done with it. And this one here, I, I you know, I wish I could. I wish it was easy enough to where. Um, that I could like go race, come home, you know, maybe have to do something small, change tires, brakes, oil, whatever. Right. And, you know, like everybody wants and then, and then go back and race. But, but, you know, it's just, I think I can get it there. I don't know. I don't know that I can. I mean, it, if I had this issue again and it keeps on happening for like, I don't know how many engines, you know, I'm going to go through. I mean, there's a point I will just say, you know, I got to buy another chassis, but I'm not there yet. And I've, <laughs> I've thought about it, but, but I've not thought about selling this one, <laughs> I, but, but I, uh, it's crossed my mind. I'm like, sure. And not sure as hell you can figure it out eventually. You know I mean? There's yeah. only so many, cause I'm, it's not like I'm crazy and I'm putting the same exact stuff back in the car. Like when something fails, I try something different. Well, worst think case, it's like eventually there will be a K series rear drive platform. Correct. And, and, and I think, um, that that's that's and i have a feeling it's probably gonna be like a year off so i think you know this year i'm just going to stick with i'm hoping this next engine comes in the oil pan fixes it you know blah 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 and maybe i've i've got three transmissions now (laughs) um and those are like you know we i swapped one at gingerman eric swapped one at nola i mean it's about an hour job hour and a half job so that's not even that big of a deal like if a trans fails and it's not the end of the weekend you just there's time to put another one in um, so that's not even my concern. It's mainly engines, which, you know, out of all these cars and all the years I've ran stuff, the, I had one Subaru failure, but I've never had an engine failure. And that's kind of, um, so this is, I guess is well, Adam and I it. joke that, uh, the only person that's had a reliable 2.5 swap is Derek. Well, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, jo- he's in our chat room. We also joke with him cause he don't have enough laps on it. Yeah, Just, um, Justin's actually had the probably the most hours on his. Yeah, Justin, I would. Justin's definitely, I think, has the most amount of time. That on That shit's gonna blow up soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't. I mean, I don't know. His is a junkyard engine. You know. Yeah. What's funny is Eric's engine. So Eric Meadows has you know basically the same build as mine. So for the most part, um, same suspension. I think he's going to go aero. But yeah, we got almost the same exact car. Um, you know, he, his first engine that, that mine blew up at Coda, his was a, his, his was a replica engine. It was a brand new engine. Wasn't Y'all it know the story of yours? 
yeah, yeah, you all knew all that, I think, though. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I you guys ordered two <laughs> engines. Yeah, yeah. Yours yeah. was a problem, so you put his <laughs> in, and then he got a new one. And yeah. Yep. That's the his is the one that blew up at Gingerman, so it made it a little longer than mine. Oh, that was the that was the that was the brand slip. new engine. Yes. Yeah. So so coming into turn five at Gingerman, uh, Eric blows up, and like twelve cars slid off in the oil. Yeah. Like it was the craziest. Nobody hit each other, but like everybody should have hit each other moment of all time. It was nuts. So so uh, so then Eric bought a junkyard engine. Um, and it's been in there since then and it's been pretty reliable. Um, yeah, yeah. For the, you know, the, 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 I think air, like, like those engines don't quite, they don't, I don't know. They, they don't make, they're kind of borderline. I mean, you with, with E like Derek's car, I think, you know, makes 197. Eric's car makes like 190 something. I think, I think, um, Justin's for some reason, I don't know why makes a little bit more. It's like right around 200 maybe. Yeah. Maybe two hundred five. I don't know, but um, it like the like these cars. I mean, you can get them down to like like I just weigh more. I like like two twenty. So, you know, so uh, it I can get this thing probably down to like now that I have a wing and everything, I can't. But but before I could get it down to about twenty five twenty, and that you know I still have the dashboard. You know, I've took everything behind it out, but I, I don't want to like I don't know. I like the looks of the dashboard. I don't like looking at the firewall, but. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably another 20 pounds or something I could take out, but, but either way, now that, now that we, now, like, like the last race or so I, I ran, I have two forty fives on the car now. Um, and that, and like at road Atlanta Nola, I mean, I was almost 2,900 pounds. I mean, this thing's porky. Um, but now that you all changed the rule, uh, with the tire mod, like, I think that'll help me quite a bit. Um, down to 2600 but i still don't think i'll be there i think because my kind of theory on the engine stuff is like this is the other thing that sucked every time i've changed engines i've had to re-weigh the car you know because you know, i haven't detuned like at all so it's kind of like you know yeah i mean you can make you know as you know i mean you can add a little bit of timing take a little timing away but i haven't really tried to manipulate anything so right. like whatever the car makes is just kind of how i weighed it so if it makes yeah. 205 i'll I'll wait it up to that. And if it makes 210, I'll go up to that or whatever. Yeah, you're and, at max effort kind of tune. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Because I think there's a point that, you know, it probably matters, but, you know, 70 pounds is, I mean, we've seen it with rewards weight. It makes a little, I don't know that it makes a difference that much in, in real time. I think yeah, you get 100 When you're over 100 pounds, like we, we've noticed a little bit of like, uh, repeatable, repeatable results over a hundred pounds, but, but it's uh, probably like, like a couple tenths, maybe. I mean, it's pretty minor. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've found some of that data, but it's, it's not the yeah. end of the world. It's really hard. I mean, it's so, yeah, I think the driver error comes into play even as much as the gain is. So that, I haven't yeah. worried that much about, um, you know, being at the minimum because we were so far away anyway on the old tire model because we were running two twenty fives. And you either had to go way up in weight or we would have never got down to like 23 or 2400. It's just really hard right. to do in these cars. So, um, but, but, but where this last engine made so much power and NOLA even, you know, I had, I just, I was at that point. I was like, you know, I'm going to weigh it up and try 245s. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure they're faster, uh, even weighing the car up. It's not massive, but it, but it is faster. Um, 
and I, so I, like whenever this engine gets here, this is like, I guess we're coming to, uh, what is this? January 7th, uh, you know, NOLA or CODA kind of seems like it's a little bit far away, but it's really not for me. Cause I think best case scenario, I'll have my engine and stuff at the end of this month, which gives me three or four weeks, you know, <laughs> putting in is not an issue, but I gotta get it tuned. Um, you know, I've got to, you know, I don't know, it kind of, you know, it just gets kind of tight, tighter than you think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and if that goes another week, you know, just, I kind of look at everything as weeks at this point. So I got like a week of tuning, you know, or weekend or whatever. It takes me a yeah. day or, but again, it's a week to put the engine in. Every big um, project is a week. Yeah. 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 Get the suspension kind of re-corner balance and everything else. And then you get a week to get there and be there. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I want to get down early. So I bought a side by side here recently and, yeah, we've noticed you try to kill yourself. We've seen you jump in that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to ride foilers like my whole life when I was young. So um, I'll probably take it down with me because they have this like Texplex thing. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to run Harris Hill. I got a guy that wants that's a Miata guy that's kind of invited uh, uh, like uh, us over to run Harris Hill there south of Austin. And me and Eric ran there last year. It's like the bumpiest track in the world. Yeah, maybe. that's the one with the big bump where I saw the ass end of your car up like yeah. a couple feet in the air yeah. from Eric's yeah. video. Who's, who's the guy who's invited you? Who is, uh, his name is Steve. It's just a guy that reached out to me and said, hey, I'm a member there if y'all want to come run. Okay. Uh, I, I know a couple of the guys there. Yeah, so I think we're going to – I have to look at their schedule. But they actually repaved it this year, so it's supposedly good now. And nice. it's really comical because it's a fun little track. Even, you know, it was horribly bumpy. But but when me and Eric was there, we were the only ones there. I mean, we had an entire track. We were the only ones in the paddock. It was it was kind of a weird. That's but, weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, if we can do that again with a few people. That's a good uh, way to sort out a car, though. That was kind of my thoughts. Like, if I can get down there and get early, at least I can get some yeah. laps on the engine. And uh, I'm kind of crossing my fingers. I think this one coming, uh, I'm hoping it's the... Uh, it's, it's the most expensive one that I've had and I've put in the car and that should have been in it since road Atlanta, but you know, that was their kind of issue. So I'm just getting it back and putting it in like with the oil pan and everything else. I'm like, this has to be the ticket, right? <laughs> if oh, it's not, I don't, not where, I don't, I don't know where to turn. I mean, it's kind of like Hopefully it's the, the greatest NC of all time. That's the name of the podcast. The greatest NC. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is like the engine I just lost. Um, it's, I think it's, I think I can, it can be fixed. Cause I, you know, it didn't put a hole in the block, but I love that engine. I, you know, I, it, it didn't rev very high. It was super torquey. Um, the thing I'm a little bit worried about with this newer one, it's not going to be as torquey, but this car got off the turns. You've seen it. I mean, it yeah. just murders off the turns and I, I'll kind of, I'm hoping I don't miss that. <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh, so, I think for for the majority of the GLTC front runners, I think they're they're rooting against you, but they're excited to see you come <laughs> up with and the car. The car is really good, dude. I mean, you've got that thing hooked up. Uh, it turns, it 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 stops, uh, and pretty much every engine you've had in that thing goes. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've all been pretty close. That, that's I'm, I, that's why I'm not that worried. But yeah, they, they've uh, been I, like. I think it's going to be fun to see whatever. Like as long as you can keep that thing from from making knocky knocky bang bang noises and smoke yeah. clouds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just want to get out there and have fun and 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 compete and 
man, it's, this thing's making it hard. It's, I think the Miata hates me. I think it wanted to retire is like what I keep saying. It, it probably thought it anybody, was like nobody should, <laughs> should be put through what we went through last year. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody. 2020, like 2020, your ass off. I mean, it's probably the best year for it to happen, you know, because, you know, there was kind of, uh, I mean, I have my own business and everything, so I can, I can get away with, you know, getting home early and working on stuff if I need to or taking a day if I need to. I don't but, know. How, but I own two of my own businesses, and I don't get away with any of that. I don't know how you yeah. do that. I think, well, we have a bunch of employees. I own five. <laughs> but we have... You know, with our, you know, we keep, I don't know, it varies. Between the different companies, we probably have 40 employees. I'm not, but, I'm doing it wrong, man. Abe, I'm, yeah, I, still well, I don't know. I, yeah, I still got a lot of headache, but it at least allows me to go. It's like, you know, you, you know, you hustle and hustle and hustle, and then you go race, and then you hurry up yeah. to get home. And uh, in three years, still, I, I, I want to be Luke so bad in three years. I, I think we all do. Um, How old are you? So, uh, 30, I'm 37. I want to be uh, you in three years. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm 40. 41 maybe yeah i'm old. almost there man three or four years yeah, no you'll never catch me though <laughs> you want to bash your ass hey, man how, how you, you're in the same vicinity too so abe's uh, like a abe's a spring chicken he's like 34 or something i'm 35 right? okay you just act older you, i thought you're older than me abe yeah i'm i'm like <laughs> 85 internally but yeah. uh <laughs> I'm, I'm 85 physically it's all that mean bean yeah, it's yeah. probably that in cigarettes, but bad for you, man. Marble man. Um, on that, uh, I'd like to uh, end the discussion on the NC Miata and this podcast. But okay. we'd like to do a lunch breakdown about Vipers, where Luke tells the story about selling his Viper. That- yeah. All right. Uh, thank you all to all our listeners. If you don't subscribe to us on Patreon, you won't get to hear about Luke. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello. Hello.